This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I am unashamed. What about you? Welcome back to Unashamed. Uh, we're still without Zach. He's conferring somewhere in conference we hear uh maybe we'll get him back yeah but we're gonna have my wife come in because we're without zach for four podcasts so this is podcast number two right without zach maybe that's a good title <laughs> have your title and then say <laughs> so, number two without zach so we're gonna have missy but look i'm just giving you a teaser for when she comes on because okay. you notice every time one of our wives come on Way more people listen. They do watch, and it's probably the the one thing I hear the most when I interact with uh, listeners of the podcast out across the fruited plains, is they say more wives. That's what they always say. We want more so wives. She's coming, but I want to give you a little teaser. Uh, so, because we did an event together, and for what we're going to talk about today, you know, a lot of times it's hard to be open minded especially, and I said this and offended a lot of people, so I'm going to double down on it. But if you're over 40, it's just hard to be open-minded. Yeah, most people come to a faith decision before that for a reason. Most people. Exactly. It's not 100%, but it's most people. And I'm not real sure why. But All the ones I've been baptizing. Mid to 20s, late 20s. 20s. Mid to late 20s, yeah. They will listen and... What also oh, so the, so the older they get, the less. Right. That's right. He's saying most time it's before 30. By the time Just like Megan. 40, it's hard to convince them. But if you get to them before they're 35, in the 30s, something about the 30s. Uh, but my point also, is, since also, we're all over 35 and well over that, <laughs> We need to constantly be reminding ourselves. Stay open-minded. Stay open-minded. Well, we could be wrong. We say that all the time. Yeah. So No, but good. I'm just saying that. I know. You I know, agree. Because it is. I have really tried to work on that. And uh, so part of our what I want to tease about before you can tell us where we're headed today is because uh, she said, Missy said, well, because we, we got up and did an, an event together, and we'll talk about it when we get here because I'm always nervous in that situation. Because it hasn't gone well in the past. And uh, because I'm used to talking a lot, doing my own event, she does her own events. When you get together, yeah, she's like, you going to let me talk? You know, that's, that kind of deal. So I said, babe, what do you want me to do? And she said, well, the first part, you need to do something funny. And I didn't tell her that I hate it when people say that. <laughs> Because 90% of the time when I say something funny, it was on accident. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a comedian. So I said, I, I had an idea. I said, I'm in, in this idea of being open-minded and closed-minded. This is where I come up with this idea. I said, I'm going to craft a little speech around quotes from Phil Robertson. Mm. And so that's what, that's the teaser. I'm not going to tell them, tell them today. I will say this. <laughs> Are you about to give us a quote? And I've watched this very carefully. Yeah. My message is the same every Sunday morning. Correct. God became flesh, Jesus. He died on the cross for the sins of the world, was buried, and was raised three days later. I, I, and when I share that, what I look for, and it never fails. There's one thing all of these, 90, 95% of all of them, I recognize it by one thing. And you're all going to be surprised maybe, or you may say, dude, what? The, 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 the explanation is tears. Mm -hmm. Tear. The ones I see that are shedding tears, they will respond to the gospel and we take them yeah. down and baptize them. Ninety something percent tears. 
When you yeah. see tears, the next thing is I'm giving my life to Jesus. They make that plain. So we start all over again. I baptize them in the name of Jesus for the mission of their sins. And God's given them his spirit. Yep. Well, it's true. Over and over. And if you see the tears, they're coming. They're, they're going to the. So board. here's something, Dad, to, to bolster that idea. Uh, Lisa and I were at an event this last weekend that I'm going to. It's not like words. Somehow you put no. them together and make well, people Well, but cry. I think you do have to say that some people, like when I did the prison ministry, every one of them guys cried and was lying right through their teeth. Yep. You know, so I'm saying it's not. I didn't uh, say what what I'm, happened I'm, to them after they. No, I know. No, no. I, I'm just clarifying that. I mean, there's a reason God said, or Jesus said, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, somewhere in there is emotions and tears, and I'll agree with you. The people that usually respond, they're cut to the heart. But here's here's the interesting thing. It's not, and it's not always just like a verbal message, which is what you do. So this happened just this past weekend. We were at an event. They were showing the blind at the event, the movie. So I told them I would sort of host the showing of it because I said, when this is over, if you got some questions and answers about the movie, you know, I'd love to give yep. you what I know, being that I was in the movie and so was Jay's, the you know, little actors playing us. And so we show the movie. Afterwards, people are asking questions about, you know, did this happen? How'd that happen? Blah, 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 blah. So everybody leaves out except for one guy stays behind. His name was uh, Jake from Russellville, Arkansas. And he said, I, can I talk to you for just a minute? I said, sure. And I never knew. I thought maybe he was touched and wanted to talk to me about the gospel. He said, I just wanted you to know, and he was in tears, as you said. He said, when I, you know, I had not, I was, you know, I'd been in church, but I wasn't a Christian. I wasn't sold out. I wasn't in on Jesus, but I was around it. And so my wife said, let's go see this movie, The Blind. Will you go see it? And he was a fan of the show, The Duck Show. He said, yeah, I'll go see it. He said, when he was watching this movie, he's he's moved as he's watching all the stuff that led up to it. He said, when you were baptized in that movie, in that moment, he said it hit him like a ton of bricks, like you have got to submit. You've got to go all in. And so he said he was driving home with his wife. He wasn't saying anything. And she's wondering what, you know, she's kind of thinking he's not saying anything. And right before he got to his house, he looked at her and he said, I need to be baptized because I've committed my life to Christ. And he said that following Sunday he was. So to your point, even a movie about what you talk about every Sunday yep. and seeing someone else submit can have an impact on somebody. I mean, it did I'm this agreeing to a point, but I am just saying uh, the reason, and another thing we'll talk about when my lovely wife is here, is we'll talk about The Chosen, because season four has been released. We've yep. seen the first three episodes. And what you are depicting, The Chosen is really good at. I cannot watch an episode of The Chosen without getting teared up at some point Me too. along the way. They're really good about that. But I am going to say that it is, it's deeper than emotions. I, I do think there, there's some of that, but it's also intellect and reasoning. I mean, I remember when I was 14, I was not an emotional person at all. And so I, I, don't, I don't think I shed a tear in my you know, the, the weeks that led up to me responding to mm -hmm. Jesus, it was more, I felt like an argument to my, to my reasoning. It, it was, I was arguing with God, trying to read the scriptures to get around it. And I couldn't get around it. Yeah. And, but I do think it is a process that goes through because life can be difficult. You have things that happen you know, when my daughter was born with all her problems, it tapped into the emotional side of my brain, which had never been used before that point. <laughs> uh, other than than my best friend from high school uh, dying accidentally in a car wreck. I mean, I, I cried for really the first time just for days and days. It was yep. very, very emotional. But outside of that, you know, life happens and it does soften you up. But I, I do think this is a perfect lead in to what I wanted to talk about here in our passage because you know there's there's a there's two instances that happen on this road to Emmaus that, that started on the road to Emmaus. And you remember when Jesus comes up, 
to the two disciples, Cleopas, uh, is the other one named? Where are you, Luke? Luke 24. Well, I'm just kind of reviewing. You know, they, they were... They were depressed because... Some people say the other one was Simon because he mentioned Simon in verse 34, but I think he's talking about Peter uh, when this disciple says that. I don't think that's the other person. And I mentioned this before when we were talking on the podcast. Some people think it may have been his wife because at the cross, and I think it's Mark, there is the wife of Cleopas. It says Clopas there, but it's the same name. Yeah. And so a lot of people think maybe that was the two of them walking back home to Emmaus, a husband and wife, which would make sense because they invite him into their home right. rather than two brothers. So anyway, just so, for who it was. Well, you know, their faces were downcast, and uh, there's an interesting verse. Uh, you know, in verse 18, they were they were kind of – making fun of Jesus by saying, are you only a visitor? You don't know the things that have been happening. And there would have been a lot of visitors because of the Passover. Right. You know. So Jesus is like, what things? But he, he knew. He was just playing along. But they they were kept from recognizing him, and we talked about that. Mm-hmm. We, I don't know if it was physically or their spiritual blindness, which goes into my point about we're made up of body, soul, and spirit. Correct. Now, how that's defined can be difficult. But there is a theme in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, uh, that applies to us today, where people are spiritually blind. And at some point, we're all spiritually blind. And and you, if you're like, well, I don't even remember when I was, well, that's because you were spiritually blind. Right. <laughs> it's hard to see that. And there's tons of passages. You know, the one in Corinthians where he says, the God of this age, little g, talking about the evil one, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see. And think about all the times Jesus said, uh, they're ever hearing but never understanding. And so he asked, well, what things? And they're like, well, about Jesus. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. Uh, the chief priest rules hand him over to be sentenced to death, but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And so, what does that mean? They thought past, well, what, he 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 did he wasn't that guy. It's past tense. We had hope, meaning our He's hope dead. is over. <laughs> He's dead, and so that leads to a meal. And when they're at the table in verse thirty, uh, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it. And began to give it to them. Now, watch this next statement. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. Well, then he disappeared, which is ironic. So what does that mean, their eyes were opened? And then they make this next statement. Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road? And he opened the scriptures to us. So what does that mean? Their eyes were open, their hearts were burning. So somehow so, there's this combination there's, of there, there's a mystical awareness, right? Yeah, thing happening here. Well, then another mystical thing happens. So then he appears to his disciples, and what we talked about on the last podcast, he's like, "Look at my hands and feet," and we kind of focused in that uh, he had a super body that could now visit heaven and earth with equal enthusiasm. How about that? Yeah, there you go. How about, there's a quote for you. This, this. Heaven and earth had merged now. There was no laws uh, of earth that, that scare us now. There's no decay. There's no atoms and molecules that can block your way. Even though you have a body, you can walk through a wall. You can do whatever you can levitate because he does that in Acts one. So before you read that, Jace, we're going before we take our first break. I'm going to remind you, uh, Dad's got a book out. I could be wrong, but I doubt it. Why Jesus is your greatest hope on earth and in eternity. It's going to come out on March the twelfth. There's a website. I could be wrong, but I doubt it. dot com. You can go there to uh, register to get the book early. Uh, which is great. You sign up for that. You can read a chapter of the book. There's some cool stuff we're doing as giveaways. So check that out. I could be wrong, but I doubt it.com. All right, let's take a break. One of our new sponsors uh, is a group named Preborn. And, um, you know, Jay's, I think 
our family's always been super active uh, in the pro-life movement, but kind of in different ways. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I remember even when your daughter, you know, my niece Anna was born, the next day I had caught a two-pound bass, and she was she weighed less than two pounds. One pound, 15 ounces. I remember looking at that two-pound bass thinking, this is not a very big bass. <laughs> and uh, just all the prayers that went in, but just, you know, for you her. You probably just a teenager when she was born. Cause she, yeah, that's why I was out bass fishing. Yeah. But uh, it was just so profound to me that, you know, despite all odds and being that small and look at her today and you just appreciate life. Yeah. Now she's waiting in line to get you king cakes. So. <laughs> she does. So, uh, you know, that that is the beauty of it is is seeing a child, seeing a person, uh, thinking about that heartbeat. Uh, because, you know, a, a baby's heart begins to beat at just three weeks and really, that's their best defense in the womb. At five weeks, you can hear that heartbeat on an ultrasound. So that's right after a mother finds out that she has a baby. Um, and that's where preborn steps in. Uh, they rescue 200 babies every day from abortion simply by providing a mother with a free ultrasound, allowing her to hear her child's heartbeat and see their perfectly little foreign body in the womb. By six weeks, the eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to suck his or her thumb. And Preborn needs our help to save these precious little souls. For just $28, you could be the difference between the life or death of a baby. You become a monthly sponsor. You'll receive stories and ultrasound pictures of the lives that you help rescue. All gifts are tax deductible, and 100% of your gift goes towards saving babies. To donate, just dial pound 250 and say the word baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Or you can donate securely at preborn.com slash unashamed. That's preborn.com slash unashamed. Check these guys out. So, so then he eats a piece of fish on purpose to show that this is a body. He's, he's dead. He's buried. He's raised, and he's like, do you have some fish? There's no other reason that you're going to come up with. And, and and as evidence that this is true, based on eyewitnesses, it even tells you how the fish was prepared. It was broiled. <laughs> <laughs> Not fried. I Which, think I think that's interesting. It is interesting. So forty four, uh, Phil loves this verse. He's he's read it many times. This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and hey, the Psalms. And that's a lot. It's it's a lot. The a the lot. Old Testament was about Jesus. The yep. the whole purpose of this was to reveal Jesus. And, and it is ironically, Jace, before you get to the next point. The exact same thing he mentions that he had also mentioned to the two on the road in their house, same thing, the scriptures and this whole idea, all of this was about him. Yeah. So he's repeating the same thing he did before. So we come to this next verse, talking about being open-minded and how this happens. Verse 45, then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them this is what is written, that Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, which I think is a very profound verse to, to have a side note here on. They were literal witnesses. You know, We make a big deal about we're going to go witness for Jesus, and I think we're taking that a little bit out of context. They were actual witnesses they ate the fish with the dead man so then it says i'm going to send you what my father has promised but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high he finishes the last paragraph when he had led them out in the vicinity of bethany he lifted up his hands and blessed them and while he was blessing them he left them and was taken up into heaven now he disappeared earlier now he left them and and we've already said on the last podcast, the stone didn't have to be rolled away so he could get out. He didn't have to leave them to go. Right. He didn't have to disappear. He, he he could have done anything he wanted to, but him levitating was not needed. But he did it 
for us. It's the story that we wrapped our head around so we could somehow or another be open-minded enough to realize that there was a man here claiming to be God who came back from the dead. And there's no other way to express this than him leaving, him disappearing. Because what else are you going to say? We're not familiar with these kind of things happening in our world. People don't just disappear. Mm. Now that you trick photography, Photoshop, whatever. But if Al, if we just all of a sudden you just vanished right now, yeah, your your pedigree would go way up <laughs> when you came back. It's a, people say we should have been listening to Al more on the podcast. Yeah, I was I was catching up on the chosen uh, season three, and uh, I, there's a scene somewhere in there, episode six or seven. This has already been seen, so I could give the spoiler, but because uh, I had missed a couple episodes, I couldn't figure out. Yeah, which one? So I watched the whole season again, but it was so fantastic because they did this. And and look, we'll talk about this when Missy's here. But you know, it, it's not a. They're not giving you word for word with the Bible. They take Jesus principles and 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 then they kind of make stories out of it. But on this illustration, it was fantastic because they go. Uh, to the Decapolis where there were a lot of Gentiles and he, he goes there and a big argument starts. You know, they're all, they're all mad. And so they just sat on the ground because Jesus was humbling himself. And he said, let's just talk about this. Yeah. And so while they're talking about it and he has all these different groups that they had depicted just firing at him in, in Basically, uh, with content. I mean, they're they're angry that who you think you are. No. But while all this is going on, a guy comes up, blood coming out of his leg. You know, he's he, and it, the smell was terrible. It got infected. He's dying. Yeah. Well, Jesus healed him in front of them all. So what's funny is that all his disciples and Jesus were sitting down. And they're all standing up in their groups hollering at him. But after he healed him, everybody sat down <laughs> and he stood up. It was just a really good moment. Like, whatever we were talking about, that's over. Because <laughs> we just saw. It's almost like if you were at the school board meeting and everybody's arguing, but then somebody walked in and you healed them, everybody's like, ooh. It, that's what happened. It, but it, it made me tear up, you know, because yeah. I was like, wow. What what a what a awesome yeah sight here. So just to read this in the, the end. So then they worshipped him, and why not? Right? Mm-hmm. And they returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually uh, praising God. Which is at, the at tease the for the beginning of Acts. So he's kind of closing here, and he begins. Like, and we're going to go through a thumbnail of Acts, yeah. you know, going forward. But what I wanted to focus on, and what we kind of decided to do today, is what and and th- look. We could be wrong about what we're fixed to talk about because I was calling it mystical because I don't have a better word. But I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> so when he says, or when Luke records that he opened their minds, we read that he their eyes were opened, their hearts were burning. What exactly does that mean? And, and, and I want to say this because I'm not going to give you just the things that I think will encourage you and inspire you. I'm going to give you the difficulty in this. Because right here we have a moment that, that he's opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. But when we go to Acts 1, one of the first things you're going to see is a question from one of the disciples saying, well, are you now going to restore the is kingdom the of Israel? That's right. To redeem Israel. Which doesn't seem to fit. I'm being honest here because he's he opened their mind to the scriptures. They seem to have it right here. And they're still thinking, well, when is this restoration going to happen? So it wasn't that they weren't open to the scriptures. It's it's a difficult thing to address. And I'm not sure why that that question happens in Acts 1. But I, I feel like that Luke is backing up a little bit in the book of Acts is why that happens. Because when he says you'll be clothed 
with power on high, it's like picks up in the same point. Yeah. And, and then he's kind of given an overview. That's just my thought right. on that. So let's talk about the open, you know, and I think it comes down to, because I read a lot of scholars on this, and look, they don't seem to agree on how all this works. And, and I really feel like after reading hundreds of paragraphs over this, that they, they want to put Jesus kind of in a box and give these little pithy statements on how this works. But they just can't do it. You know, I mean, the best line I heard in all that is somebody saying that we're, we're trying to put Jesus in a box and have these pithy statements on how this works, how he opens the hearts and opens the minds, because we all think we're pursuing this. We, if we study long enough, if we're open minded enough and, and we work hard enough, we'll figure it out. But there's when you read this, this seems to be more about him open in the mind that it is them doing whatever to figure it out. So do you have an overview thought of that? Well, I do. Uh, let's take another break. So my thought is it's a little bit of a combination, I guess, in my mind to what you just said, that I don't know that he supernaturally did anything to them as much as they finally were open to receive it. Not meaning that they did anything either, other than he walked through a door for the first time, they grab him and he's really back. He eats fish showing that he's like they are. He's real. He's here. And I think for the first time in all this, they're finally willing to listen with full attention. I think that's what it means. I don't think it's as big. You may think it's bigger that there's something else that happens here. I think they're finally ready to listen. And so he says, okay, now you're ready. And he, and he shares with them. So I don't think it's as big. I think it's bigger. Uh, I know. And I know you do. That's the way I've always viewed that passage, but I could be wrong. So, well, I want to give you another example. And this is something I read in one of the scholars. uh, If I can find it. Where is the verse in Ephesians 1 where, you, where Paul said, I pray that he may open your, let's see, 18, Ephesians 1, 18. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and in the saints. Now, here's my point. I think Paul was limited as compared to Jesus. Right. And I think we're limited as it relates to Jesus. So we have to pray uh, for people's eyes to be open and, and for their hearts to be open. But there's a lot of verses. And in there isn't one in Acts. I'm sure you probably ran across it where it said the Holy Spirit opened her heart. Oh, I'm going. Oh, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Right. I got you. So, so here's what I did. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll go through this. This may be a little deep, but uh, I had a guy tell me the other night, one of the things he liked about the podcast was that, because he had read the Bible, he said, his whole life many times. He said, but I never had studied it until I started listening to y'all's podcast. And I thought that was a profound statement. But so what I did was I looked up the Greek word for this, this word open I tried to practice to say the Greek word, but now I can't remember. It was like diagno, something like that. Because there's two words in the Greek used for open. And and I just want to say this. I think this is interesting. I told Missy I was going to do this for the podcast, and she said, don't do that. <laughs> but I'm going to do it anyway. Because, look, here's what you can do. You're not listening, Dave. I mean, look at me. Zoom up, Maddie. Look at me. Do I look smart? (laughs) No, no. We're not intellect here. No. But here's what you can do. If I can do this, anybody can do it. All you have to do, if you're anybody except Phil, because Phil doesn't go to the Internet. But if you type in a verse, so if you type in Luke 24, 45 and put Greek lexicon 
Bible Hub Greek lexicon will come up, and you can click on that verse, and it will put the Greek mm-hmm. words, and it will put the form of the sentence. And once you see this once, you'll realize why there's so many different translations of the Bible. Right. Because their language was so different from ours yep. that their sentences seem like a bunch of fragments. Right. And so the us structures are totally different. Yeah, believe it. But what I'm telling you is, it's very fascinating because in the Greek language, there's two words for open, and this one, which is only used eight times in the Bible, eight, is a lot different than every other one. And so, just to give you the definition, and, and what you can do, so when you see that in the Bible Hub Greek lexicon. You can then click on that word, and it'll come up everywhere it's mentioned. So I looked up all eight, and one of them was the one Al said with Lydia, if you can find that. Acts 16, I think. If you'll go there and read that, I think you'll find this fascinating. And I know this is a little deep, but if you want to study the Bible, because this really opened, no pun intended, my mind to something. So it's Acts 16. Let me find the phrase. Really. I'll let you read it. All right, here it is. So Acts she hears the gospel. So, yeah, she hears the gospel. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate. This is verse 13 of Acts 16. Uh, to find a place of prayer, we sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshiper of God. So she worshiped God. She was a believer. She was a businesswoman. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Yeah. So what does this word open in the Greek mean? Uh, So the regular word they use is like what you would think. If I open this door over here. Well, the door, you open something that had a something that you could easily get in. So like a latch mm-hmm. or like we, use, we all uh, open the door. It, this word is like completely open as in you had to break something. So think, uh, and I heard a great sermon on this. And the reason I'd never listened to it before, because I listened to a lot of Tim Keller's sermon, sermons, but I noticed this before, and it said Jesus the prophet on Luke 24. And I thought, Phew. I mean, I rolled my eyes thinking, what could that be about? So I just didn't ever listen to it. But I did, and I'm glad I did, because he. this is what led me to go through this study. And he was like, it, it's a breakthrough. And he gave an illustration like if you were going to tunnel through a mountain, that kind of breaking. And and I'll give you another illustration that I didn't get from Tim Keller. I just, when I read the eight verses about this, this breakthrough opening, which makes more sense when you think about the context of this, you're never going back to the way you were once this is open. It's like a new, new concept. New normal. Yeah. It's a new, which think about in the context of new creation, Jesus is the firstborn among the dead. He he has literally turned the world upside down, turned death upside down, and now he's turned people's view of him upside down, which is why the open-minded to the scriptures, because they were looking at these scriptures and sure they were uh, looking for the Messiah to come. But now all of a sudden he starts making these statements that all these things were pointing toward me, and they're like, oh, I mean, it's a breakthrough. That their mind has been opened. So I'm going to give you another example, and this one's going to be very confusing of where this is used, because I think when you study the Bible, this will be helpful. So one of the ones that it listed, Al, as having this word open, you're going to find this fascinating, is in Luke 2.23. So I went and looked at it, and I was like, Well, they must have this wrong because the word open does not appear here. And I'll read it. It says, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. 
I was like, what? That can't be right. So 30 minutes later, I finally realized that that's a quote from Exodus. Exodus 13, 2 and 12. And this is the part Missy said, please don't do this because it's too confusing. But I think if you're going to study the Bible, this you'll find this helpful. So in Exodus 13, 2, under the law, it says, consecrate to me every firstborn male. The first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me. And then in verse 12, it says... You are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. All the firstborn males you know, of your livestock belong to the Lord. Now, we know in Luke 2 that this is talking about Jesus being born, right? Correct. Well, I hate to tell you this because I use an NIV, but the NIV, they just got it wrong here. Because when you look at that Greek word, this this opening happens well now you probably put two and two together and realize they just left it out and said hey consecrate the firstborn as it said as it said in in exodus but when you read the greek it has this word word in it and so get the picture in your mind when jesus broke through the womb yeah that that was the idea and it says that phrase in that verse, the NIV just chose not to put it in here. Mm-hmm. Now, does it really matter? I would say no. I mean, you know, now some people would say, what do you mean? They got it wrong. They got it wrong. Well, the point was not how the womb opened. Right. The point was that he was to be consecrated, and that's why they took him to the temple. And it, that goes back to... Pharaoh and them being liberated and this is the law and Jesus came to redeem that. But they went through the process with with Jesus. But I was just making the point of when you define the word and it's, it's a spiritual thing when he opened their minds. But here they use the word as an actual physical thing that he had to break through that womb to get out. Right. And so when you look at that, about. But she wasn't just there, by the way, to consecrate. Uh, she was also there to be purified. So it says her purification process, which was to your point, they had to do the same thing after a monthly cycle as well. And so that really plays into the physical way you're talking about. Let's, uh, hang on, Jess. Let's take another break. So I know we're getting deep, but the reason I did all that is because I feel like the, some of the other versions, the King James Version, the NASB, they put they got it right. Because I do think, as studiers of the Word, that the application of being born again, with, with that Word being in there about Jesus, you know, breaking through the womb and coming out, when you think about being born again in Jesus, I think that's a pro, that, that changed my view of the weight of that, you know, th- this is not just like he opened their mind. It-, it was a breakthrough. And I think when, when, when people come to Christ or Christ draws them to you, which I think the answer. So let me read both. this just to back this up for you. This is the uh, new American standard. The same verse in Luke 2.23 says, As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. Thank you. I was looking that up and my, my phone wouldn't gather. Right. But that, that's what we needed that clarification yep. for. That's what, it sh- that's what it should have said. Now, does that mean, you know, we're going to burn all the NIVs? <laughs> no, because... The reason I brought this up and the reason I disagree with my wife on why I think we should bring this up is you're going to find these translation issues in every one of those Bibles That's right. because the Greek language is such a different format with different vocabulary than the English. It's so different that it's hard to piece the sentences together. So what, what they do as translators, they get a large group of translators and they say, okay, what do y'all think? And they try to get the point of it, 
in the English language. Well, it's very difficult to do. And I don't think the point of the Bible, which is Jesus, is altered in any way. There's probably a couple of fringe translations on both sides that I would stay away from. I mean, y'all can comment on this too. But I don't want to send everybody into panic. I'm just saying all you have to do is to type in a verse and say Greek lexicon, Bible hub, and you can see everywhere where that word is used and you can make your own decisions, you know? But I think that Acts 16, I love seeing that because it comes down to this kind of question. And really the Tim Keller sermon, which I encourage you to listen to it, it says Jesus, a prophet. And there's a part one and the part two. I haven't listened to part one. But the part two was dealing with Luke 24 because his whole point was, is God calling you or are you calling God? And and he didn't claim to have that figured out in every way. He was very humble about it. But after what I heard and after looking at this, it made me think, I lean toward it's, it's more important for you to realize that God is calling you and he's opening your heart. And you want to be in a position to where you'll listen. There's a, there's a work of the Holy Spirit that happens when Jesus is proclaimed that's very hard to explain. But don't ever doubt it. The spirit conviction, sometimes it's tears, and sometimes it's an enlightenment from, from a reasoning standpoint. But whatever that looks like, you need to be having a heart that's open to that. Right. So um, I think you've changed my mind because now you've made me think about John 20, this same context when he appears to the disciples in verse 21 says, peace be with you as the Father sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So probably now I'm thinking when he said he opened their minds and hearts, he literally was, that was the receiving of the Holy Spirit. Now we're talking, that's what I said. I said it's bigger. Yeah, I think you're right. Them just, cause I hadn't look. thought about that because the same thing says when he, with Lydia, same way, I'm sure that was the process. The Holy Spirit opened up her heart to hear then what was there to be heard because she was ready. Now, my point earlier that they were ready is probably true, but you're right. I think it's much bigger because now it's the Holy Spirit. It's bigger. And, and you know why I had trouble talking about this because most the groups that I, the church groups that I've been raised in, they all lean toward what you were saying. Right. But when I read this on my own and listened to other, you know, denominational preachers in Christianity, not like they're all, you know, yeah. following somebody besides Jesus, I thought, you know, I, I think I missed this. And uh, so that's why I brought it up. And, and there's a lot more ways to go with this. And, and And I did another study, not about the open mind, but I was trying to make that relation about being born again. Because I really found that fascinating in Luke Which too. really, if you think about it, let's take a last break. If you think about it, Jace, the that really opens up the John 3 conversation with Jesus and Nicodemus, right? Well, that's where I was going with yeah. it. So when I looked up the word again, so it said, unless you're born again. So I said, I want to look at that Greek word. Well, you know what the Greek word means? From above, you know, you're born from above, right? Which, what, what is that? Well, you're you're born from God, which got, kind of goes back to John one, where he said he's given us the right to be children of God, born not of natural ways or a husband's decision. You remember that in John one, yep. But where born from God, right? Above, born again, and so I thought, wow. That that that's interesting. Well, I said all that to say this, how how this works. Because I wanted to come to one there remember I said there was eight. The one that really it made me tear up, actually, after this study was in Acts chapter seven, when Stephen now y'all are familiar with this sermon, but I encourage you to read the whole thing. And there's a lot in here about Moses. And he even quotes uh, where I was wrong is is when I thought, well, I don't know why these people are calling Jesus a prophet. He was more than a prophet. But I think I got that wrong. 
Because remember when Jesus went to his hometown in Mark 6 and he said, well, a prophet has no honor in his hometown. Now, he, he referred himself as a prophet. The reason people don't like in the Christian world referring Jesus as a prophet because they're saying, and rightfully so, you can't get Jesus down to just, just a prophet, which is, I agree with that. But what I'm saying is Jesus was the, not only was he a prophet, he's the best prophet ever because he represented God and man. He was the ultimate prophet, just like as was, a priest. He was the last prophet. He was the high priest, just like the king. He was the king of kings. So don't don't be, don't let how you were raised in 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 view of that limit what what that's saying. So watch what Stephen says in Acts seven thirty seven. This is that Moses who told the Israelites. God will send you a prophet like me from your own people, which is Deuteronomy 18, 15. We'll go do the research. You know who he was talking about? Jesus. Jesus. Thank you. So then he goes down. And we made that comparison of how much he was like Moses, yeah. those similarities that you see. So then he goes down to get to this word about this open, that it's a it's a breakthrough. So so watch this. He He gets to the end of the sermon. In verse, and it gets really profound. Like in verse 51, he said, You stiff necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you are just like your fathers. You always resist the Holy Spirit, to your point now. Was there ever a prophet your fathers did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one, and now you have betrayed him and murdered him. So he's talking about Jesus. You who have received the law that was put into effect through angels, but have not obeyed it. 54, when they heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. Now watch, watch this next phrase. It's very powerful. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand. Look, he said, I see heaven. There's our word open it, there was a breakthrough now you say did he literally see that i believe he did i, do too. I believe god allowed him a, an opening to view and you know what he saw he saw the son of man standing at the right hand of god and the reason i think that that happened i could be wrong is because god knew that he was fixed to die yeah and so he gave him a little bitty preview of where he was fixing to go Yep, I agree. At this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed him, dragged him out, and they began to stone him, and they killed him. So my point is, though, in how does this work, I think there's a principle here that when you notice Stephen, what is he, what is he doing mind, body, soul? His body is proclaiming Jesus. His mind was open through the Holy Spirit. And he put all the pieces together that the law, the prophets, and Moses were all talking about Jesus. He's arguing with these people who are disagreeing with him. And when they became furious, he looked up to heaven. And I think when you're looking to God and you're using your body, soul, and spirit to do what God wants you to do via the Holy Spirit, there are breakthroughs. Mm -hmm. And and it is God that had convicted him. It is the Holy Spirit that he's that has opened his eyes and that's allowing him to do it. But you notice he's looking up to heaven because he believes this is real. And God gave him another breakthrough, which is to say, you're fine. Look at this. I'm at the right hand of God. What you believe is true. And I think that's really the relationship of how we are to be. I mean, we are looking to God. We are looking to you. We are searching the scriptures. We are open-minded. We don't feel threatened by listening to someone who we disagree with. It, we're not scared about all that because God has revealed to us we've had these breakthroughs. And I just really think that that was what was going on here. Well, and that may tie in, and we'll talk about this more as we go forward when we do our thumbnail of Acts. But when the people heard Peter's first massive address after the seeing the miracles and now seeing them open. And they say they're cut to the heart 
and said to Peter, brothers, what should we do? I mean, it doesn't have exactly. that same Greek word, but the mindset is there. Who's cutting the heart? Right. You know, and, and why I, are all of a sudden they open? They're so open. And what about all the passages Paul's like? This is a demonstration of God's power. Yeah. So look, we, you know, you, you don't want to be closed minded and, and be sitting here with a notebook, seeing if everybody's got everything right. You know, study it for yourself. Pray that God gives you wisdom. Pray that he reveals it to you. But, you know, you're putting the work in the time. Sometimes there may be tears. Sometimes you, you may be angry. But you're having these moments with God, and, and he's allowing your heart heart to be softened and open via the Holy Spirit. And look, I think you spend the rest of your Christian life having these aha moments. They did respond when they believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. They were baptized, both men and women. Yeah. They did respond as they should have. Yeah. And we see that throughout the whole book of Acts, right, yeah. to Jason's point. No, I think that's really good. And I, I like that idea about being open. And I'll say this as we wrap uh, this podcast. Jason, you mentioned about once you get past 40, sometimes it's hard to be open-minded. But I would say Dad described people responding in tears at a young age. None of us were really like that. But I will say this about all three of us sitting Old there. Old or young, just tears. I will say this to the three of us sitting there. Are we not more emotional than we've ever been in our lives? You <laughs> said you teared up when you read that passage. Yeah. So there is something about growing and being open to God that even as you get older, I'm much more emotional than well, I Well, it's a gradual thing that God it doesn't always happen all at once. This this is something that God continues to work on your heart. That's good. Uh, we're out of time. We'll uh, we'll pick it up here. We're gonna we're gonna do some looking into Acts the next few podcasts. We just couldn't really stop here. We Jason and I talked about it with Zach and Dad, and we just said we we feel like we now to kind of show you what happens as a result. Luke wrote Luke, and he also wrote Acts. So for the next few podcasts, we're gonna kind of show you what happens with this you know presentation that Luke lays out. So we'll do that on the next Unashamed. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.